0: Well, God bless you. Welcome to the wonderful Words of Life radio program. We are going to be in Matthew 16, and we are going to be looking into what Jesus said, Who do men say that I am? But before we begin, let's go ahead and pray. Father, bless you, praise you, magnify and glorify you. Lord, feed us with manna from heaven, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And we give you thanks for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. Now, in Matthew chapter 16, beginning of verse 16, Matthew records this. When Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, Some say that you are John the Baptist, some Elijah, and some Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. But he said to them, "'But who do you say that I am?' And Peter answered and said, "'You are the Christ, the Son of the living God.' And Jesus answered and said to him, "'Blessed are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, "'for flesh and blood has not revealed this unto you, "'but my Father which is in heaven.'" Praise God, amen. Well, Peter got a revelation, didn't he? And isn't it interesting how that uh, the people that Jesus had ministered to now for almost three years, they were willing to believe that Jesus was John the Baptist come back from the dead. They were willing to believe that he was Elijah or Jeremiah or one of the prophets, but they were unwilling to believe that Jesus was who he said he was, the Christ, the Messiah of Israel. And out of all the disciples, we're not talking about just the 12, we're talking about others that may have been following Jesus at this time. Only one answered, and that was Peter. And he said, and he answered correctly, you are the Christ. You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. So that tells us something. That tells us about the world, that tells us something about the church, because we realize that the gospel is being preached every day. It's being preached multiple times every day on TV, on radio, on satellite, all over this world, everywhere. There's not a place uh, in this world where the gospel is not reaching or has reached. And yet people today are not willing to accept Jesus for who he said he is. As a matter of fact, years ago, they did a poll of the most influential people in the world. And Jesus was 100th. He was 100th on that list. 99 men were more influential than he was. And yet it is Jesus Christ over the last 2000 years that has changed this world and it is the foundation and bedrock of Western civilization. Folks, we have to know who Jesus is. Praise God. Well, how do we do that? Well, number one, we need to be born again. We need to have Jesus Christ as our Savior and Lord. We need to repent of sin. We need to uh, surrender our life to the Lord Jesus, ask him to come into our heart to be our Savior and Lord and receive new birth. By that, we'll know who Jesus is. But that's not the only way. Yes, we need to know Jesus, and we are to know Jesus by having a personal relationship with him. But we also need to know Jesus by what the Bible says about him. Now, there's a scripture verse in the very last of the Gospel of John, chapter 21, verse 25, And it says this, and there also are also many other things which Jesus did, the which, if they should be written, every one, I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books that should be written. Now, expositors say that this is hyperbole, but I don't believe it is, because the very beginning words of the Gospel of John says in the beginning. And then, of course, this verse ends the Gospel of John. And the way I look at this verse is, is John is speaking of everything that Jesus did in his earthly ministry that is not recorded, but everything that he has done since the beginning. We have to remember just exactly what does the Bible say about Jesus? What did Jesus say about himself? Well, that's what we want to examine In this session today, amen, praise God. Now, do we know Jesus as our Savior and Lord? Well, yes, amen, praise God. A lot of us do. There may be some listening to this broadcast that do not. Well, if we know Jesus personally, that means he lives in our heart. That means the presence of the Holy Spirit is on the inside of us. God has given, through Jesus, has given the Holy Spirit to be our comforter And to be our God. So we know Jesus, like I said earlier, by the new birth. We also know him by what the Bible says about him. And this is what we're going to be talking about in this session. What the Bible says about who Jesus is. Well, the first thing we need to see is that he made the world's. John chapter 1 and verse 3, all things were made by him and without him was not anything made that was made. (laughs) Praise God. John 1, 1, in the beginning was the word and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. In the beginning, before anything that is, was, Jesus was in the beginning, the eternal one. Paul said it this way in 1 Corinthians 8, 6, but to us. There is but one God, the Father, of whom are all things, and we in Him, and one Lord Jesus Christ, by whom are all things, and we by Him. Hallelujah. Amen. And then again, Paul, to the Ephesian church, and to make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the world has been hid in God, who created all things by Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the creator of the world. Paul stated in Colossians 1.16 that for by him were all things created. And again in Hebrews, he said by whom he made the worlds. And John in Revelation chapter three, he is the beginning and he is the ruler of God's creation. That's who Jesus is. He is the creator of heaven and earth. Praise God. Hallelujah. Well, the next thing we need to see is the fact that he is God, the second person of the Godhead. Paul, stating in Romans chapter 9, says this, Whose are the fathers of whom as concerning the flesh Christ came, who is over all God blessed forever. Amen. A clear statement of the deity of Jesus Christ. Anyone with one eye and half sense could read that verse of Scripture and say, you know what? That's who Jesus is. He is God blessed forever. And then John adds this testimony in chapter 12 and verse 31. These things said Isaiah when he saw his glory and spake of him. That is a direct reference to Isaiah chapter 6 and verse 1 where Isaiah writes, and I saw the Lord Jehovah. I saw Jehovah high and lifted up and his train filled the temple. And Jesus says this, I am my father are one. Isaiah saw Jehovah. Jesus says, that's Jesus. <laughs> Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. How can you get out of that? How can you escape that? You can't. You just have to deny it. You can't prove it's wrong. Luke recording in Acts chapter 20 and verse 28 says, Take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock over which the Holy Ghost has made you overseers to feed the church of God, which he has purchased with his own blood. Who shed the blood for the church? God. Notice that in the person of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's read that again. Take heed, therefore, unto yourselves, and to all the flock over which the Holy Ghost has made you overseers to feed the church of God, which he, God, has purchased with his own blood. Whose blood? The blood of Jesus. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's a reference to Jesus as the second person of the Godhead. Now, Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 8 says this, But unto the Son he saith, Thy throne, O God. Another clear reference to Jesus as the second person of the Godhead. Thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness is the scepter of thy kingdom. Praise God. Isaiah said he's the mighty God. He's the everlasting father in Isaiah chapter nine, verse six and Matthew's record chapter one and verse 23. He says, the angel said, Jesus, who is Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Hallelujah. And then in Luke chapter four and verse 12, Jesus on the Mount of temptation, he replied to Satan, don't tempt the Lord thy God. Now, speaking of himself. And then in John chapter 5, verses 17 and 18, the Jews wanted to stone Jesus. Why? Because he was making himself equal with God, which he is. <laughs> Hallelujah. It's not it's impossible for God to lie. Well, not only is he God, but he is the incarnation of God in a physical body. He is the word made flesh. Going all the way back to Genesis chapter 3 after the fall of Adam and Eve. Notice, this is what God says. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman speaking to the serpent and between thy seed and her seed. Seed doesn't come from the woman. Seed comes from the man and her seed. It shall bruise thy head and thou shalt bruise his heel. We should say it this way. He shall bruise thy head and you shall bruise his heel. Hallelujah. The seed, of, the seed of woman, Christ. Now, looking at Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son. This is the, the quote from Matthew chapter 1. And they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. And then also in Philippians chapter 2, verses 6 and 7, Paul writing to the Philippian church, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, who being in the form of God, essentially saying, who being God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. The apostle John in chapter seven, Christ, the seed of David, who was the seed of Abraham. And what did God say of Abraham? Thy seed. Amen. (laughs) Praise God. Amen. It is thy seed. Talking of Christ, hallelujah, will inherit the world. In John chapter 1, verse 14, we already quoted, The Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Well, we also see what the Bible says about Jesus being a substitute for the man's of sin. If he became took upon himself the likeness of human flesh, he came to die as a substitute for the sins of man. Second Corinthians 521, for he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Amen. This is the reason Jesus came to give his life a ransom for many. And then Isaiah spoke of him in Isaiah 53, 4 and 5. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. And then John records Jesus a conversation with Nicodemus in John chapter three, verses 14 through 17. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the son of man be lifted up that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Praise God. And then Paul writing to the Roman church in chapter five, verses six says, For when we were yet without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man would one die, yet peradventure for a good man some would even dare to die. But God commended his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more then, being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And not only so but we also joy in God through our Lord Jesus Christ by whom we have now received the atonement or the reconciliation. Amen. John said this, that which we have seen, that which we have heard, that which we have handled of the word of life. He identified, he had a personal relationship. He walked with Jesus for three years and left testimony in his epistles and in his gospel as just exactly who Jesus is. Now, not just in the gospels, but what did the apostles say about Jesus being raised from the dead? We just talked about his death, but now what about his resurrection? Well, Paul, writing to the Corinthian church, says this in chapter 15, verses 3 through 8. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the Scriptures, and that he was seen of Cephas, then of the twelve. After that, he was seen of above five hundred brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain unto this present, but some are fallen asleep. And after that, he was seen of James, then of all the apostles. And last of all, he was seen of me also as one born out of due time. Praise God. And then Peter says this of the resurrection of Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again unto a living hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that fades not away, reserved in heaven for you who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. My, 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 my. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And listen, this is what Jesus said of himself. These are the great 7 I ams. Jesus said, "I am the bread of life." That's in John 6:35. He said, "I am the light of the world." That's in John chapter 8:56. He said, "I am the door of the sheep." That's John 10:7. And he said, "I am the good shepherd." That's John 10:11. He said, "I am the resurrection and the life." That's John 11:25. And he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. That's John 14, 6. And he said, I am the true vine. That's in John 15, verse 1. This is who Jesus is. Now, listen, this is not all. John had a vision of Jesus on the Isle of Patmos. This is found in Revelation chapter 1, verses 10 through 17. Notice what John writes. I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. And heard behind me a great voice as of a trumpet saying, I am Alpha and Omega, the first and the last. That's very important. And what you see, write in a book and send it unto the seven churches which are in Asia, under Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamos, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea. Verse 12, and I turned to see the voice that spake with me And being turned, this is what John saw. I saw seven golden candlesticks. And in the midst of the seven candlesticks, one like unto the Son of Man, clothed with a garment down to the foot, and girt about the paps with a golden girdle. His head and his hair were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were as a flame of fire. And his feet like unto fine brass, as if they burned in a furnace, and his voice as the sound of many waters. And he had in his right hand seven stars, and out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword, and his countenance was as the sun shining in his strength. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead." Now, this is a man that walked with Jesus for three and a half years. This is a man that was at Calvary when Jesus was being crucified. This is a man that entered into the empty tomb three days later. This is the man that saw Jesus when he appeared to him and to the other disciples in an upper room where they were hiding from the Jews. This is the man that was at the shore of Galilee eating fish and bread with him who was raised from the dead. That's the Lord Jesus Christ. Saw the nail prints in his hands. Saw the nail prints in his feet. Hallelujah. This is the one, praise God, hallelujah, that walked on the beach and walked on the shoreline of Galilee. But he never saw Jesus like he saw him in this passage of Scripture. It so frightened him. The power and the glory and the light and the life of Jesus so overwhelmed John, he fell at his feet as if he were dead. And John said this once again in Revelation chapter 1, this time in verses 7 and 8. Behold, he cometh with clouds, and every eye shall see him, and they also which pierced him, and all kindreds of the earth shall wail because of him. Even so, amen. Now listen to this. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the ending, saith the Lord, which is and which was and which is to come, the almighty. This is Jesus speaking of himself. See, this is John's vision of Jesus who is coming to judge the alive and the dead. He's coming to judge the church and then he's coming to judge the world. Hallelujah. But that's not all that the Bible talks concerning Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Amen. The Bible talks about Jesus being the first and the last, one with Jehovah. Listen to this, Isaiah 44, 6, Thus saith the Lord, the King of Israel, and His Redeemer, the Lord, the Jehovah of hosts. Notice this, I am the first, and I am the last, and beside me there is no God. And then again in Isaiah 41, 4, Who hath wrought and done it? calling the generations from the beginning, I the Lord, I Jehovah, the first and the last, I am He. Jesus, once again, Revelation 1, verse 7, I am Alpha and Omega, the first and the last, and what you see right in the book, etc., etc., etc. Jesus is calling Himself by the same titles Jehovah calls Himself. Why do you think that is? Because Jesus and the Father are one. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise God. And then once again in Isaiah chapter 48, verse 12. Hearken unto me, O Jacob and Israel, my called. I am he. I am the first and I am the last. And then in Revelation 22, verses 12 and 13. Listen here. And behold, I come quickly and my reward is with me to give every man according as his work shall be. Verse 13, I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Glory to God, hallelujah. Who is this Jesus? He is the Lord God Almighty. Hallelujah, he is the one with the Father. But he has descended, condescended to men of low degree, took upon himself human flesh, And was put to death in the flesh, but God raised him to life. And now he's ascended. He's at the right hand of the throne of God. Hallelujah. And he is the head of the church. And we who are in the church, born again children of God, we are his servants. And not only servants, Jesus calls us friends if we do whatever he commands us to do. Now not only is Jesus first and last, he's Jehovah's fellow and equal. Listen to what Zachariah says of him in chapter 13 and verse seven. Awake, O sword against my shepherd, my shepherd, and against the man that is my fellow or my equal, saith the saith Jehovah of hosts, Smite the shepherd, and the sheep shall be scattered and I will turn my hand upon my little ones. Jesus quoted this verse to his disciples. And he said, when the shepherd is smitten, the sheep shall be scattered. Praise God. And then Paul, once again, in in Philippians chapter 2, verse 6, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, who in the form of God being God, hallelujah, amen, praise God. The New Living Translation, New Testament says, who though he was God did not demand and cling to his rights as God. In the NIV, who being in very nature God did not consider equality with God, something to be grasped. And then in the New Living Translation, who though he was God did not demand and cling to his rights as God. Praise the Lord. Well, that's not all. Jehovah, in Isaiah chapter 6, verses 1 through 5, we've already gone through this. In the year the king Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting high upon a throne, high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. Above it stood the seraphims. Each one had six wings. With twain he covered his face, face, And with twain he covered his feet, and with twain he did fly. And one cried unto another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Jehovah of hosts. The whole earth is filled with his glory. <clears throat> and the posts of the door moved at the voice of him that cried, and the house was filled with smoke. Then said I, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips." and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Jehovah of hosts. Friends, who is this Jehovah of hosts? John says he's the one that he saw on the throne. He's the one that Isaiah saw on the throne. Look at verses 39 and 41 of John 12. Therefore, they could not believe because that Isaiah said again, He hath blinded their eyes and hardened their heart that they should not see with their eyes nor understand with their heart and be converted and I should heal them. These things said Isaiah when he saw his glory and spake of him. Hallelujah. A direct quotation from Isaiah chapter six. This is who Jesus is. He is the son of God. He is God the son but he's also our savior, hallelujah. Have you received Jesus today? This is who you're receiving. If you have received him, this is who lives on the inside of you. Praise God, he is the fella, he is the equal of Jehovah God. I and my father, are one. that's exactly what Jesus said, praise God. Father, we thank you for Jesus, we thank you for our Lord and savior. Help us to know Him more intimately than we've ever known Him before. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.
1: Do you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that if you were to die today, that you would be prepared for heaven? If you're not sure, then I encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Father God, I come to you through your Son, Jesus Christ.